We were created for the holy and the beautiful. In the mundane and in the majestic, there is a way to live out a holy and beautiful life unto the Lord. And it is my prayer that this episode provokes you to pray for this life, that you become excited and expectant for the holy and the beautiful. As a child of God, you can be 100% sure that it is in the heart of God to give you something holy and beautiful. Psalm chapter 8 verse 4 says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? I'll read that again. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? Think about that. The Lord God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is mindful of you. And thinking leads to action. Your heavenly Abba Father is making and will make beautiful, beautiful things in your life. In this episode, I'm going to share about some areas of my life where I've seen the holy and the beautiful and tell you all the story of how I moved to Dallas with one semester of college left back home. So settle in. This is going to be lovely. I'm your host, Rebecca Ince, and this is The Unto Podcast. Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. When we're talking about the holy and the beautiful, I guess number one, slowing down and saying, what does that mean? <laughs> when it's like you can look at it on a very surface level. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to lay out is that holiness means like other than kind of like in a league of its own. When we say that the Lord is holy, we're saying that there's nobody like him, that he's set apart. And so we're called to be a holy people. Like we're consecrated to the Lord for his pleasure, for his service. Sorry, y'all, I just got spooked a little bit because I had a spider scare in my room like 10 minutes ago and my precious roommate Naomi killed it for me. But then I looked up in the windowsill and there was a dead fly and I'm like, oh my goodness, is that another spider? Because I just can't be doing this right now. Oh, Okay, if you feel me, please even send me a little DM on Instagram and be like, I felt you on that, girl. I I don't play about arachnids, or I'm pretty sure that's what they're called. I don't play about no spiders. But anyway, when we say that the Lord is holy, we're saying that he's set apart, that he's other than. We're called to be that unto the Lord, which means that that will spill over into our life by default. You can't be a holy person and not live a holy life. And so it's a given in that sense and so we walk out this life that's sanctified unto the lord right and so this kind of ties in i don't know if we're going to jump around to this later if i'm only going to address it now but this kind of has to deal with this like unconventional life and so this is a kind of term i'm sure people have used this years before me but it's a newer term to me because a little bit, I guess we're really just jumping straight on into this. Um, well, let me just say, you know, the definition of beautiful before we even go in. Um, I'm just going to Google it because you know what something beautiful is. But sometimes you just got to read the definition for funsies. You know what I mean? I'm a word girl. <clears throat> beautiful is defined as pleasing the senses or mind aesthetically of a very high standard. Excellent. I know that's right. The Lord gives us excellent lives because he's the God of excellence. And so in any sense, um, 
you can have a holy and beautiful life. Like, the Lord doesn't look at you and think, eh, I'll make this one mid. She'll be all right. Eh, it'll be mediocre and whatever. Now, it might look mediocre on the outside to somebody else, but the Lord, his delight is what matters. And so if the Lord looks in and you're feeling weird about the job that you've been working and you know the Lord calls you to it and you feel like your life is just mundane and nothing extravagant, oh, baby, the Lord is delighting in your path. Like, I feel like that's for somebody specific. So <laughs> I'll give I'll give it over. Um, if that's speaking to you, let the Lord move on your heart. But um, yeah, we have holy and beautiful lives once we live them unto the Lord. And the Lord just... He's really, really good about being the orchestrator and coordinator of our lives. The Word of God says that there's a book of our lives. And so waking up in the morning, what, what's been a game changer for me has just been like, oh, Lord, thank you that there's a book for my life. Help me to live out its contents today. Like, what's in the agenda for me? It's like I went to an upper room prayer set in October of 2021 and they were talking about childlikeness at this noon set. And the man who was prayer leading was saying, kids don't get in the car and tell their parents, like, this is the agenda for the day. Kids get in the back of the minivan. They're like, mom, where are we going? Dad, where are we going? And so we can, when we live our lives like that, we will start to see what the Lord is doing. I'm telling you, some of the days that I found to be the most beautiful are days where I've just been like, Lord, I don't really know what's going on today. Spirit lead me. And just people that I meet, just like divine meetings, ending up in certain places. And I'm like, ooh, it makes you not want to live a day according to your own will. <laughs> like the days that the Lord has set before us are beautiful and they're set apart. And so um, now I'm trying to get back to the point where I was. This is the fun thing about recording without like note notes. The first times I tried to do podcasting, I had like a sermon with bullet points to the nines. And I didn't love it. I burnt out because um, I just want to have conversations with you guys and just share like we're at a coffee date. And I don't really want to bring an agenda to one of those for the most part. Not that anything's wrong with outlining, but for me personally, I was just, I was growing weary. But you know, you do what the Lord asks you to do. But anyway, Lord, where was my point? We're going to come back to that. <laughs> okay, I hit the pause button. I'm back. Um, so the point was like this whole idea of this unconventional life. And really this started for me, I remember pretty vividly, I was on a road trip with my best friends to see our best friend um, when she was living in another state. And I don't remember if it was on the way there or on the way back, but we were listening to um, this podcast from the Helsers, I believe. And I was like looking at their Instagram in the car and I was like, they're, to me, their life is very interesting. I didn't know much about them. And I was asking Lil, I was like, I wonder like how they make their money. Like what? Like I, I can see what they're doing, but I, it, I, what struck me from what I was taking in was that their life wasn't a cookie cutter path if that's if that's clicking for you like what i'm getting at is if it felt like the lord put his hand in it and was like this is like their path like they pioneered something with the lord and had an unconventional way of living and so 
what does an unconventional life kind of mean? I guess it's not to say like one job is conventional because it's extremely subjective in this manner. If you know that you're really, really good at the sciences and the Lord never uses you in the sciences and throws you into like the humanities straight on and you become like an English professor. To somebody, if from the outside, they'd be like, oh, that's a pretty like, maybe that's an ordinary or that's a conventional life because they don't know the nitty gritty of it. They don't know that the Lord took you out of your comfort zone and used you in that arena. You know what I mean? And so sometimes you can just tell when a thing is unconventional and other times you can't. But the point of the matter is that we're talking on an individual basis. Um, sometimes we can pray for things like, Lord, I want to be a pioneer. I want to live this unconventional life. And then the Lord starts doing really unconventional things. <laughs> and he has these really like kind of unorthodox methods. I don't even know if that's the word that I want to use. Let me Google that before I have a regret. Yeah, so it's like contrary to what is usual, traditional, accepted, like not orthodox, unconventional, unusual, uncommon, out of the ordinary, right? And so we feel like it's really cute to pray these massive prayers. They're like, Lord, I just I want to pioneer God and I want to forge this path with you and no one's ever walked it before. But yet we have this kind of tendency to look at other people's paths and try to compare them, baby, nobody's done what you've done before. <laughs> like, because even if, say, it's like even the same career track, the same vocation, whatever, they never took your journey, and you never took their journey. And so you're working with the Lord on your, like, abiding in him, walking out this path, and you're like, oh, goodness, thank you, Lord, for this holy and beautiful thing. And I also want to say, like, I'm not saying the holy and beautiful is necessarily a destination, it's, it's, a, it's the journey. Like, th your life can be holy and beautiful in the Lord. And so, I actually want to check my notes up and see if I have anything about... Because I don't know if they went on over. That's not good. <laughs> because I could have been so sure I had a note on that from like a year or two ago. And now I can't find it. But anyway, just, I don't want to say like a caveat, or it's not really even like a warning. It's just a, be mindful that if you pray to the Lord and say, Lord, I want something unconventional, something out of the ordinary, use me, Lord, make something beautiful of my life. When he has his methods, because the word of God says that the ways of God like his thoughts are like higher than our thoughts. So we're looking at Susie B's life and we're like, why? Like, how did she do that? Okay, maybe if I do that, then I'll get the same results. And da -da 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 -da. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. I'm talking to me too. Stop doing that because you'll cheat yourself out of something gorgeous. You will. And it's not to say the Lord can't redirect it, but would you rather not just have the original? Like we, we like that nod with me we like that right okay cool and so um I guess for me that kind of that little moment in the car just kind of got me thinking about this unconventional life because as long as I've known myself I've kind of been the girl with a five-year plan and like I 
wanted to be a doctor for the longest time, like about as long as I can remember. It was always between a writer um, and a doctor. And then at some point, I guess in high school, I was like, okay, well, I can do both. And so I never thought like, oh, I'm just going to pursue writing head on. Um, But I was like looking through my old prayer journals. And it's funny because 11-year-old me would be screaming right now because we're living her dream. Like we write all the time and we got published by the grace of God in a magazine with our internship last summer. And we wrote a book on prayer prompts for how to pray for your husband, which if you want to get that it's on amazon it's called 100 things to pray for your husband whether you've met him or not um by rebecca Ince. and it's just 100 prayer prompts to pray from like the bible for your husband um whether you're single or married or dating or engaged and so anyway these things started coming to pass but the point that i'm getting at is that i had a plan all the time and only when i started truly leaning in to the will of God for my life. Like, I, it, I, I, I don't want to word it that way because I cared about the will of the Lord when I was, like, 17, 16, 17, and it was, like, rededicating my life. But I was learning what it meant to hold a dream with an open hand because I was clutching because I was learning about the prophetic and I'm having dreams. Listen, I went through dreams where I was a doctor and this is that. I was in like Christian group chats and I was like, can you interpret this dream? And they were like, oh man, you're going to be a surgeon. And I was eating it up. And it's, I don't, to this day, I have not a crying clue if that's what was going on. Like if it was true and that was supposed to be what I was going to do with my life, but whatever. Always had a plan and like things obviously shifted. Um... And so I went from always having a plan and knowing what I wanted to be doing and when I wanted to be doing it. And I started to learn how to yield myself to the hand of the Lord. And because there was a point of my life where I was like crippled with fear about giving up um, like pre-med. And I think I was like calling my dad like I was crying because... I wanted to drop my physics major, but, you know, I had this dream and I was doing well at physics. And I'm like, I can't let it go. Dad, I don't know what to do because what if God's going to be, like, mad at me? And it was so sweet because I learned a lot about God through that. Like, I I thought that God was going to just be so upset with me if I gave that up. Um, And I just felt... Um, I think I had ended up saying to my dad, I'm like, oh, well, I think I'll just, cause I think I was actually crying about like pre-calc and I was like, maybe I'll just drop it and then come back around to it. Something like that. But anyway, I had wrestled, um, a lot with the idea of just dropping physics and then dropping pre-med came after that. And I was like, Lord, please don't be angry with me. And I kind of just came to this conclusion that obviously I believe the Lord was in that, if I was really doing this thing wrong, that he was going to redirect me. So the Lord's writing this beautiful story all the while. Um, and I'm learning about who he is. Like, I don't have regrets for coming in and doing physics. I don't, like, I'm not mad. I think physics is fascinating. I'm just not amazing at it. Um, and so, anyway, the Lord's writing this beautiful story. And he really is interested in the journey. Like, if God was solely interested about the result and didn't care about the journey I don't think that would have been a conversation of like 
I think I would have just, there wouldn't have been grace, I feel like, for me to navigate whether I should have been doing that major or not. But the Lord had grace with me. Um, and I believe it's him who empowered me ultimately to be like, you can lay that down. Because I was talking to my mom and she always tells me, Rebecca, it's not like you are blatantly trying to disregard the voice of the Lord. Like, if you let this go, like, number one, he's able to redirect you if you're wrong. Like, there's absolutely grace and mercy for it. And you're just, like, she's like, just pick something in your life that's God-honoring and go for it. And I was like, cool. Like, can I, God, can I do that? And so now that just happens all the time. I'm like, I'm like, Lord, I'm not trying to disobey you in this. I'm not feeling like I'm getting a very clear answer, so I'm going to try. And then if you tell me no and, I st- and things start to become clear, then I'm backing out immediately. Because when you know his voice, you know his voice. But that lack of clarity, like when you feel like you're like, oh, maybe I do have some agency in this and I can choose the Lord's not trying to play games or trick anyone. Like he loves his kids and it's how we learn his voice. I've learned the voice of God so much from those seasons of my life. And again, it's just a part of this beautiful thing. And so now, um, one of the main things that I wanted to talk about on this episode, so is how I moved to Dallas. That, oh, it's a beautiful story. (laughs) So, um, all the while, like I had been learning these things about the Lord and I'm like, okay, cool. Now I wanted to go to ministry school, um, for years, ever since I like rededicated my life to the Lord. I was like, as soon as I graduated, I'm going to ministry school. This was when I was still learning the voice of God. Okay. (laughs) So, and I still am. I do not say that to say I've arrived in any capacity. There are times I'm like, what was that? Um, please repeat. But anywho, um, the Lord had closed those doors. I'm telling you, when the Lord closed the door, he closes it. And um, I just didn't understand why. Um, Like, it it was what it was. And so I kind of just laid it down. Um, And so, do I want to share that? I don't know if that's necessarily helpful or relevant. Okay, well... Basically, about last March, wow, about coming up on this time, this time last year, about near, um, or like end of February, I just felt this little prompting to be like, why don't you go to Upper Room for ministry school? And I was like, Lord, what? this is not you, this is me, and because mind you, I only have one semester of college left to finish my degree right so my headspace is nowhere into just leaving and going anywhere my business right now is to finish this degree it was one semester 15 weeks and I I'm a I'm a degreed woman so anyway I was like I'm tweaking like this (laughs) I'm making stuff up whatever and I felt the Lord was like you know what you didn't do the last couple times you wanted to go to ministry school you didn't fast I said okay Lord let me do a little fasty fast or at least I felt like that's what I was telling the Lord. I was like, never tried that. Let me do that. So I fast, like, I think sun up to sundown, like six to six. And I just feel the freeness to go. And I was like, Lord, I'll tell you what. I just, I've seen you close doors in my life. And I've seen you burst them wide open. And so I'm just going to, like, take this literally about a day at a time. 
So I submit my application. My boss and my youth pastor get their recommendations in. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Then I get an interview. I'm like, oh, that's a door if I know one. I walk through that door, okay? Oh, a couple months later, you're accepted. I said, oh, okay, walking with caution. Okay, I'm accepted. Now the finance stuff. I'm fundraising. My deposit gets raised in like two days. I'm like, ooh, another door open. <laughs> and so I'm just following the Lord with these little things. And I'm like, Lord, no, because what's going on? Why, when I have one semester left of college, I could not explain how it felt like I had to be here at this point in my life. And so I say this too, to say there's just this unconventionality to the way that my life goes these days. There's a verse that says like the spirit of God is like the wind. You do not know from where it's coming. You do not know where it's going. And so I was like, Lord, like I just want to make it my business to yield to you. If you are asking me to pick up and move to Dallas in six weeks, because I found out I got in towards the end of June. So if you're asking me to pick up my life and get about a thousand miles away from home in six weeks, you'll do it and I will follow you. I remember um, literally seeing like this vision in my mind of Jesus, like not like his face, but like knowing it was him based on his outfit and countenance in the prayer room, at upper room. Um, And he was like, I'll meet you there. And I was like, okay, I'll meet you there. And then I was starting to already get like, you know, homesick for leaving and whatnot. And I was driving and um, it kind of like the thought kind of just came to me. It was like, I'm leaving what I know in pursuit of who I already know. And like, I'm going to know him more. And so that really put fire in me to be like, okay, like I'm going to push it. Um, Even with my parents, I love my parents. And it was just hard because my dad ultimately like wasn't on board like in the beginning and then the Lord was working in his heart and then he got on board closer to the time where I was leaving. Um, And I remember just reading, I think, Mark 10, 38 and being so comforted because I was like, because he was like, why don't you just finish school? And I'm like, believe me, I want to. (laughs) I don't know how to explain to you. I got to (laughs) go. And so the verse was like, um, I was literally just sitting in a coffee shop reading it and it, ew, yep. It was like, I'm just going to read it for you guys because I don't like butchering scripture or attempting to. Mark 10, 38. It says, oh, well, it's not Mark 10, 38. So I'm really glad I Googled it. How about that, huh? Matt, (laughs) oh, okay, I wasn't wrong, but I also wasn't, it's in Mark chapter 10. Okay, let me get the translation that I like. So Jesus answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. And I'm like, I cannot outbless God in this. Like the Lord was by no means force by no means forcing my hand. I wanted to, but it was still like a mm, I think I had a choice, but I remember when I first got in I just cried for 3 days cuz I could feel the weight of what was going on. And I'm like, "What is 
what is going to happen to me sitting in a prayer room for hours a day for um, Monday through Thursday for nine months? What kind of person will I become? How will I see Jesus? How will I experience him? How will that change my life? How will that change my heart? How will that change how I treat people? How will that change me when I become a mother, a wife? How will that change me as like a friend, as a daughter? And I was like, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to go hang out with you for nine months. Like, I know you're with me, even if I stay here. And um, my best friend, Kara, she... Because when I had gotten, I was sitting with my best friend, my other best friend, <laughs> you gotta hear me out this. I just have good friends, guys. And so I'm sitting in Lily's room when I got in, and I was just looking at her like, are you kidding me? And she's like, yay! And I'm like, girl, what are you cheering for? Who said I'm going? She's like, of course you're going. Oh my goodness. And then uh, campus leadership with the campus ministry I was in, they were all so excited. I'm like, Lord, what is going on? It's like, everybody had vision and faith for this thing. And so um Kara was like Rebecca you because I was planning what I was going to be doing with campus leadership I had ideas she's like Rebecca I mean I'm sure you could stay here but do not choose plan b like this is probably the biggest leap of faith you've ever taken in your life just do it go see what the Lord has for you and I was like all right Yeah, yeah 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 for sure for sure and so here I am, and I have, I'm about to, who? thank who? thank you, Jesus. Tomorrow I start the last module of my first year of ministry school. Yes! Oh, and that is so wild to me. And so I've watched the Lord do holy, holy, holy and beautiful things. Like, he has, I've walked through, through some very rough patches in ministry school, I'll tell you that. Really weird mental patches, just like hopelessness weird despondencies like pretty much just like bouts of depression here and there which I don't think I really ever really struggled with even until I got here which didn't make sense to me I'm like Lord how am I in ministry school dealing with this and it just shows you life just be life and you just you roll with the punches and you give those punches to Jesus and let him deal with you and heal you and sit with you and speak to you and put life in you because Boy, I tell you. So anyway, it's been, it's been holy. It's, <laughs> it's been other than, it's, I, I'm telling you, let the Lord give you something holy and beautiful. Let him do it. Because I wouldn't have imagined this time last year, if you probably were, you know, a little earlier, because I don't know if I knew I was going at this point, but well, I didn't know. But this time last year, if you asked me if this would be my life, I would have been like, huh? What do you mean? I'm supposed to be graduating. Like, what do you mean? I was going to be applying for grad school. Duh. But this has been something far more beautiful than I could have imagined for myself. And I mean that with everything within me. And so that's my story on how I got to Dallas. Don't know how long I'll be here, but just the fact that I got here has just been a, a move of God. And so, yeah. And so I think... At least what I'm feeling like the Lord wants me to do is just to cut this episode now. I was going to talk about dating um, and the holy and the beautiful, but that'll be, I believe, part two. Um, And so that has been the story of how I moved to Dallas. Um, But yeah, I... I just want to be obedient in that, so I'm not going to run along and keep going. 
Um, so yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it. Um, you should see like a little star button if you're on Apple Podcasts, I believe to the bottom of the page and on Spotify towards the top of the interface, um, towards the left, a little bit under, you'll see it. Um, <laughs> so it really helps us and stay around. You can follow the Unto Podcast on Instagram at the Unto Podcast and the handle is the same for TikTok. We have a lot of fun over there too. So thank you for joining me for this episode. I look forward to talking to you guys soon, Lord willing. Love you so much. Have the best day. <laughs>